Time's flying when you're having fun. No doubt about it. Welcome back. Living the Good Life show here live from Dallas, Texas. We're going to get into, obviously, football talk here. The NFL, believe it or not. I'm going to say, believe it or not, again, week nine. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. At least we got an extended uh, week uh, versus my day when it used to be only 16. I know, I know. Well, we're bringing back Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, we're at, like for the second time in NFL history, we're at the halfway pole. Week nine, uh, no more symmetry in the NFL, and unfortunately for us Giants fans, the Eagles are still undefeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm unbelievable um you know kind of recapping thursday night a little bit here i mean eagles i actually i mean halftime came and i'm like oh my gosh could it happen could it happen i mean one of the worst teams in the nfl could possibly defeat the best uh, of course they kinda, that they kind of held their ground a little for a, bit for a little bit i said yeah. well the first half oh, okay what's your takeaway from this particular game for me it looked like I think there's some holes here with the with the Eagles, and I think they can be defeated. But break it down for me. My concern would be this was the late this was the letdown spot, the non-conference road game Thursday night. They did rest their guys early the week before, got them out of the game for the fourth quarter, and it seemed like they were giving Houston opportunities. Whether it was that strange AJ Brown tipped pass that wasn't intercepted. Uh, or an almost fumble. It just seemed like there wasn't uh, – they didn't want to make the play. Houston didn't want to make the play to kind of blow the game wide open. There was a couple opportunities that they could have stopped the Eagles on that first drive, maybe scored themselves, gone up 10 or 14 points. Maybe we'd be talking about a different story because, as we know, the Eagles have been crushing teams in the second quarter. In this game, they they tied 7-7 with the lowly Houston Texans. So, hopefully, this was a bit of tape for some other defenses to figure out what was going on here. Obviously, they didn't look very good against the run uh, without big Jordan Davis out there either. So excited to see what a slightly better team could do against this attack. Although when you look at the schedule, boy, the Eagles have a soft one. Yeah, you know, that's another thing too. I mean, honestly, like you're looking at the the schedule and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the Cowboys get redemption you know, the Giants haven't played them yet. Certainly, I'd love to see the Giants mm. do something there. But <laughs> other than that, I couldn't see another team. I can't see another team, Ryan, other than maybe the Cowboys that could beat them. It, it, it comes down to, like, purely where is the weird spot? Where is the team? Now, we could cross our fingers and hope this Packers team has course corrected by the time they face the Titans are always kind of a weird team. If Jordan Davis is still out for that game, maybe Derrick Henry gets loose. Uh, or the divisional games. You know how it is in the NFC. He's, they're not going to go 6-0 and in the division. That, that's just a, a foregone conclusion. And so, yeah, I, I'm not super worried about this being an undefeated team, but I certainly am going to start leaning into the fact that the Eagles' schedule has been pretty soft with all my Eagles fans' friends. Hmm. I feel like they, they know it, too. Um, and they're, they're going to have a lot of uh, uh, challenge, let's just say, when it comes to playoff time. Um Getting into it a little bit here, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the Dolphins and Bears. Um, first things first, though, Giants finally get that loss, that second loss of the season. Um, kind of went into a little depression for about 24 hours. And then I lost my nerve for like two more days, you know, 
with no movement whatsoever from the trade deadline. But then, you know, as, as all the all the crap that I was talking, okay, I was losing my mind about they didn't make anything, you know, no moves whatsoever, you know, and I'm like 24 hours later, I'm like, you know what, maybe it's a good thing because I was thinking about it. They saved that capital, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe maybe there's there's a way, you know, and as much as I'm probably not the biggest fan of Galladay, he might have some presence coming in the next week or two. Um, I don't know. What's your opinion on, you know, just staying put as a Giant fan? I loved what Joe Shane said, GM Joe Shane. He basically said, look, we're having a great year. We've had some good bounces. We shouldn't evaluate this team just because this version is 6-2 and two and not 3-5. and five. And so I, 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 I love it. I, I hated to see all the Giants fans out there wanting Jerry Judy and, and because it would have immediately caved on what Shane wanted to do, which is fix the cap going forward. Now, I get it. you bring up Kenny Galladay. Look, he, he he was a good receiver at some point. He's now in a locker room that seems to be positive. At, yeah. at some point, if he's a true alpha, he's going to show up and be an alpha, and I think he's certainly better than some of the practice squad guys we've been rolling out there. Now, I will say, they didn't trade for anyone. They did trade away Kadarius Toney, who clearly, uh, word on the street, wasn't learning, you know, wasn't able to learn the playbook, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But now we have a situation where they went out and signed former Bill Isaiah Hodges, 6'3", 210 pounds, 220 pounds, knows the offense. So I would be intrigued to see what it looks like uh, coming out of the bye. They've had a little bit more time to install stuff, and maybe we'll start running some uh, more stuff with these larger receivers we have on the roster. I mean, we're a good running – the Giants Giants are a good running team this year. If they can figure out a way to get these large body receivers involved and doing a little bit in the pass game, they could be a really dynamic team to go against because Galladay, 220 pounds on one side, Hodges, Sil- these guys are all big and they can block. So maybe they take advantage of it that way. You just have to flirt with the idea of throwing the ball downfield every once in a while. You got a healthy Wandel, uh, and then you also have, I mean, um, I mean, I don't want to say his name, but I mean, Let's get into a little bit here of uh, Richie James because, I mean, honestly, come on. If we didn't – we – if if the Giants and Richie didn't fumble that twice, I mean, I think the outcome would have been a different story, don't you think? I it's mean, certainly let's be honest. Gonna... I mean, I hate to put it on the guy, but, I mean, like, when you're, when you're fumbling, giving the ball up in the red zone for the other team, I mean, that's two scores. I mean, I guess the counter argument would be we got one on the goal line as well. We being the Giants, but I, I will, I will say, you, if if nothing else, we so can't hard. be the Giants can't have Richie James be their kick returner this week. Mm-hmm. Period. Like he can't be back there for punts. That yeah. that's the way we have to change it. And hopefully, Wandell can stay healthy, so we don't need Richie James on the field uh, going forward for as a receiver. So that that would be my yeah. I I don't need to see him catching punts anymore. You know. We'll get into – well, actually, let, let's switch it up a little bit here. I mean, the Dolphins looking pretty good now, really stacked, and, you know, they're really going to make a run now um, and see how far they can go. Um, it's got to be the best receiving duo in the league now, and the defense, well, hey, you know, it, it's it's looking very good now that they signed Chubb to a long-term extension. That being said, though, um, you know, can the Bears upset the Dolphins this weekend just based on – they're playing better. Justin Fields slowly, week by week, coming into his own. Um, 
I don't know if the defense got weaker. I would I got to assume they have. I mean, come on, they've lost two of their star players. Um, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, honestly, this is an interesting one because I think sometimes you have to look at the market dynamics of betting on the NFL and realize that a lot of people are catching the narrative like you are. Hey, Justin Fields is looking like better than the worst quarterback in the league. So the bar right. is pretty low. We're excited they're <laughs> stepping above that bar yeah. and not tripping over the floor. They did just lose by 20 points, and I think that's getting lost in the shuffle here. Okay. They're they're catching five points at home. Everyone is going to immediately run to the, hey, this is Miami heading to Chicago in November. Unfortunately, the high is scheduled to be 68. There is, a, there is going to be some wind. But I also think the other false narrative here is Tua is undefeated in games he starts and finishes. This is an elite team when Tua is the quarterback. It's hard to say out loud. I, I almost stumbled just even saying the words Tua and elite. Yeah. But with these receivers, with that coach, right now I've seen so many Shanahan disciples trip on themselves. This guy looks a little different, and the way that he's able to scheme up offense like it's nothing, Tyreek's going to probably break Calvin Johnson's record. By the way, Jalen Waddle's having a pretty great season as well already. And now they walk into a matchup where I, I think they could run the ball a little bit. Chicago, known as a defensive team, again, false public narrative. Their defense is horrible. Only the Texans are worse against the run. So I think this could be a big Mostert game. Maybe they roll out the new Jeff Smith or Jeff uh, Smith toy from San Francisco. And then, like you mentioned, Bradley Chubb, a pass rusher. I, I'm not in on Justin Fields yet. I think it's great that he's – I think it's – I, it's like a soccer mom thing to say, but it's great that his coach <laughs> finally figured out that he's good at running the ball. I don't think we should overreact and think this is going to be a team that's going to be uh, competitive against the elite teams in the NFL. What's the – is it a two-score spread? I mean, what, what are we looking five at Five points only. It's only uh, five so I, points. Wow. And I think that's part of the narrative. I think I, – I get it. It's a, a, a southern team going north, but I think the fact that it's going to be a nice day in Chicago – and I think this defense is just giving up so much that, you know, the Cowboys aren't the greatest offense. They put up 49. What do you think this Miami team is going to do? So yeah. uh, I'd be a little concerned about the Bears maybe being one of these, like, square sharp plays here where everyone's going to be on them. Everyone's talking about Justin Fields. Meanwhile, Tua is lighting the league by storm. Uh, you got a 6-1 Bills team, and you've got a 5-3 Jets team. I think we're all really shocked by what the Jets have done. Um, I think they could win a lot more games. This is going to be a tough one for them. It's, you know, on paper, it looks like it's pretty common sense. It's pretty easy. Uh, everyone could probably pick the, the Bills to win this game. But can the Jets actually compete this weekend? And do they have a shot to upset the Bills? I don't I don't know. Um but, you know, you see a lot of mistakes sometimes with Zach Wilson, you know, where he shows that he's green. And then sometimes he just amazes us with some things. I don't I don't know. But uh, what do you think is going to happen? I, I think on one hand, you know, the Bills are kind of being put consistently being put in this separate tier with the Eagles and the Chiefs of just the truly elite. Yeah. And so there's always going to be that bias of the the Bills aren't losing to the Jets. Now, this is a Bills team. This is a divisional game. This is a Bill team that played their worst game last week against the Packers. And Josh Allen is back to his old ways of like getting a little loose with the football from time to time. Now, to put that in perspective, Zach Wilson is putting the ball at risk like no one else. He's the only quarterback this weekend to have his interception prop be set at one and a half mm -hmm. instead of just a half. 
So obviously the concern here, if you're taking the Jets, catching the 11, the 12 points, is that Zach Wilson throws a late pick six, <laughs> and the Bills' defense is what ends up covering for you. The counter-argument would be this is just simply a great divisional spot here for the Jets coming off a game that they were supposed to get beat up in against the Patriots, against Bill Belichick. It always happens. We discussed it last week. So I love actually taking the Jets in this spot. I think they will be competitive. I think the defense has kind of been the strength of this team. And the way they've turned quarterbacks over makes me believe they can turn Josh Allen over. And I, I think when you're catching north of double digits in the National Football League in a divisional game, especially at home, it's very hard for me to look the other side. And we saw it last night. Right. The Eagles were favored by 14 points. They pretty much had a handle of that game from the beginning of the third quarter on. And yet what happened? They only won by 12. This strikes me as the kind of game where unless Zach Wilson gets loose with the ball, I expect the Bills to win but not cover the big spread. Okay. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Um, it's it's just mind-boggling how you got quarterbacks that are in the NFL. I know he's green. He's only been in the NFL a very short time. But, like, you don't know how to throw the ball away? Like, you know, there's cer just certain things that, like, you should know. You know, you don't want to get sacked 15 yards, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. And just it's so easy throw the ball away in fact it might be better i don't even care if you just you know i, I don't know so that it frustrates I, I, me a lot as a fan i would make i would make this analogy as someone who gambles myself plays yeah. poker it is folding in poker it is folding a good hand in poker yes, when you're beat i like and that. you're just too, you're too amateur to know like you just want to be in the hand because mm -hmm. hey you have a full house yeah even though that other guy clearly is going to have the better full house based on what's on the table. Yep. It doesn't matter because you're trying, you, you just want that juice. You want that. You're trying to make a play. And I think that's the funniest thing. This jets team, you could argue was better with Joe Flacco, which is absolutely mind bending to think about, but he was willing to throw the ball down the field and also willing to throw the ball away. That's the big difference. And until Zach Wilson figures that out, I, I think there's a, greater than 0% chance. Zach Wilson is not the quarterback of the New York football jets next year. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's uh, save in the – actually, there's a couple things. Uh, I say, always try to save the uh, the Rams for last. Um, three and four Rams, not Bucks worth, three and five. Not even worth mentioning. Well, you got, you got to mention it because, you know, Sean McVay made some bad choices last week, and he got – you know, look, at the media was pretty hard on him. I mean, the fact is you're the arguably the best receiver in the league, let's say top three. I mean, you're leaving him in. You're going to lose the game. Why, are you, why is he in, you know, two minutes to go, gets hurt? Um, you know, it's just stuff like that. But, you know, look at what can the Rams do to win this game in Tampa Bay? Because t Tom Brady's got, you know, you know, Captain America is not Captain America anymore. You know, I, I just I don't I don't know what the Tampa Bay, you know, Bucks are doing. Um, I feel like they can't get on the same page. They shouldn't be where they are. Right. But neither should the Rams. So try to analyze this for us and, and make some sense into this. Well, first off, um, I feel like the Fox Network owes us a giant apology for making this the complete stand. We only have two games in the afternoon slate, Seattle, Arizona, and Rams, Bucks. Right. Fox invested so much in this game, and it turned out to be such a dud. Huh. Look, if I'm, look, if I'm looking to the Bucks, how do they bounce back? I don't know. 
I'm starting to believe the craziness that Giselle Giselle Bunchen might be a witch. Maybe she placed the <laughs> curse on him because this is the worst. Th- this is the worst start to his season oh. ever, and he, it doesn't look like it's getting turned around. They can't run the ball. Maybe they're missing Bruce Arians. Todd Bowles isn't a great head coach. They just look like an old team. The, the coach is calling them out for being a lazy old team. That's not a good sign. The, the reason to be optimistic for the Rams would be you have Aaron Donald versus that interior pass rush. We've seen that give Tom Brady problems. He's old. He can't deal with that rush up the middle. Mm. Now, here's the problem. Matt Stafford has thrown an interception in five of seven games. Matt Stafford is – he's technically not leading the league in interceptions because no. Matt Ryan no. has nine. But Matt Ryan isn't playing any more games this year. He's tied with Kenny Pickett with eight. And I think just in a spot on the road here where Cooper Cup is banged up – Yeah. I think Cooper Cup probably plays, but you know what's going to happen? What happens when a receiver is a little gimpy, that out route is a little slow, and then what do we have? Another patented Matt Stafford pick six. You know what I saw in the news this week that really alarmed me uh, as a L.A. native? Uh, back to Sean McVay talking about going into the media narrative. Back to Sean McVay talking about he's only here because of Stafford, Donald, and Ramsey, and when those guys go away, like he's probably going to step away. Uh, I mean – in terms of a head coach representing like a whole culture of millennials, the second a little adversity comes, like you win the Super Bowl and now you want to quit because you. I don't know what I, what I'm seeing out here, but it's not a team that wants to be competitive this year. It's a team that is hungover on the Super Bowl. And I'll make a quick analogy. I was we were out in College Station last weekend, taking in the Texas A&M game. We all know the stories of how much money Texas A&M spends on these recruits. Well, that means there's a lot of people contributing a lot of money. And when we were on the field watching the warm-up, it was very, very evident to me there were way too many people down there talking to the players. No no wonder the team stinks. They're thinking about other stuff. They're handshaking before the game with the boosters. They're right. they're not focused on Ole Miss. And so yeah. using that same thing with this stat, it seems like everyone on this Rams team is focused on the, the next chapter of their life, and that's certainly not winning the Super Bowl Got this a little year. too Hollywood. Look, you know how it is. Once you get paid a little bit, it's a little easier to kind of take the foot off. You know, that yeah. that chip on your shoulder is yeah. a little easier to ignore. But it's interesting because you got guys like uh, – got to bring the Giants up a little bit here. But you, you, have, <laughs> you have some stars on the Giants. I mean, Saquon. But for some reason, they want to win still. Like, they went through a time of just defeat. And maybe the, the coach ra- wants it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a fresh new coaching environment, great guys behind it, but it's like they got a new life going, you know, like they feel it's different. And so I feel like maybe maybe the Rams have to have a little taste in their mouth that, you know, a losing taste in their mouth. You know, maybe this is going to shake things up. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, Odell Beckham, I don't think is going to want to go to the Rams. I actually heard that Joe Shane might, I mean, he's looking into it. How do you avoid, how do you not talk, talk to him, right? So they've they've been in contact with his people, whatever yeah. generic speak that means. But I mean, to your point, if you're Odell, the Rams are certainly not high up on the list. And I think no. the other the other thing to call out here, because you mentioned the coaching, but this is also just the case in what happens when you kick the financial can down the road and you keep restructuring guys to sign other guys. And it was always like, man, how do the Rams keep signing these guys? How do they have all this money? Well, eventually, guess what happens? Mm-hmm. You have all this money pushed forward. Your team becomes very shallow. A couple key injuries. Whitworth retires, for example, your left tackle, and you can't afford to replace him with quality. 
And I, and I think that's the real story here. They sold out for the Super Bowl. They yeah, won they the did. Super Bowl. And now it's like, well, it, it makes sense that they would have to crater at some yeah. point, especially if the coach isn't in it because the coach yeah. leads the culture. And if the coach is thinking about maybe going to TV, how is that going to uh, resonate in the locker room? And don't forget, I mean, Aaron Donald's probably done after this season. I mean, he barely signed this year, right? And and so, you know, what happens to the Rams when Aaron Donald leaves? And, you know, Jalen Ramsey likes to go where he can go and play and try to win and contend. Who knows what he wants to do? He'll be all complaining yeah. and upset doing the Brandon Cooks thing, you know, before you know it. And, you know, <laughs> before you know it, I mean, the Rams, I don't know where their future, you know, lies. But San Francisco. I mean, yeah. And, you know, they didn't want to give up that fourth round pick. Right. I mean, that's what it came down to if they even I mean, I don't know. But I mean, like they yeah. could have jumped on Christian McCaffrey if they if they gave up that what fourth rounder. So, and you know, a lot of people think that maybe that was a D minus move for the 49ers. But as far as I'm concerned, he's looking pretty good. A plus looks good to me. I, I mean, know. it's going to be it's the same thing. The Niners, strangely, they were doing such a good job with their team and building through the draft, and then they like the Trey Lance thing caused them to completely sell out. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the actual. Uh, details of the Trey Lance trade now in retrospect, but they, basically those three picks that the Niners gave up to get Trey Lance turned into Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and now Bradley Chubb. And so, yeah, I think the Niners kind of had to make a move like that because I bet you we're going to be seeing another team that is just they're, they're kicking that can down the road, Could be. losing some of that draft equity. Yeah, okay. And 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 you know what better time than now in an nfc where aaron Rodgers, tom brady and matt stafford are all looking like i guess this crap. is the time where maybe they could steal a super bowl yeah. i get what, i get what you're saying last but not least we'll get into it but the, the 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 word is out that mr snyder with all the pressure he's getting is uh going to hire or has hired bank of america securities to potentially uh look for new ownership uh, and I got word this morning, or at least I saw that Jeffrey Bezos and Jay-Z now are in the mix to buy this. First of all, why? I can see maybe Jay-Z, but anyways, what's your opinion on this now? The commanders are up for sale. How does this affect the team currently? I mean, I mean, as a player, right, and a coach, how do you separate the news from playing on field? And now, you know, what's your opinion on, you know, possibly a new owner? I, I think, you know, this is why you have coaches like Ron Rivera. He's kind of been acting as a leader for that organization, it seems, over the last couple of years. Dan, Snyder's allegedly not been a part of the day-to-day -day and all that nonsense. Okay. Look, as, as a fan of the Giants and someone who has enjoyed just beating on the Commanders slash Redskins <laughs> slash football team over yeah. the years. yeah. I hate that they might get decent ownership. I hate that they might have Jeff Bezos, obviously great businessman. And, yeah. You know, Amazon closer to the NFL. Jay-Z, he's cool. Like, get him in the NFL. Nothing wrong with any of this. I, look, the reason anyone wants to buy an NFL team, it's the most exclusive club there is. Yeah. That's the property only, goes, property only goes up, and there's only 32 of them. So – you know, I think it's it's bad for the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles because the franchise can only go up. They've been a good drafting franchise. They've had solid coaching. It's just really been that ownership stain. And so if, if they can sort that out, I'm a little worried. Uh, first order of business would be, I guess, moving them out of that horrible FedEx field. <laughs> Worst traffic in the whole NFL. But, yeah, I, I would be concerned as a fan of a team who uh, plays in the same division because things can only go up for them. 
Yeah. Crazy times. You uh, remain pretty quiet today, Pop. I'm taking it all in because every time I see the uh, Colts talked about, I think about you got to take the Colts because of our guest uh, here. Because of Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he, he's always been, yeah, he's been behind the Colts, man. I mean, what's your opinion on that uh, new job change for Matt Ryan taking the back seat? I think we, you know, oftentimes you see a head coach get the pressure and then they fire a coordinator and maybe another coordinator and then it's their job. Well, in this case, I think the first step was firing the quarterback and then he fired a coordinator. I think Frank Wright's seat's pretty hot and, you know, they're rolling out Sam Ellinger against the Patriots. And oh, by the way, Bill Belichick does pretty well against first and second year quarterbacks. So. I wouldn't be running to back the Colts this week, as much as I've been a, a, a sicko and betting on this this year. Gotta, gotta love Belichick. He loves grudges. He loves holding grudges. I know he does. Hey, uh, Ryan, appreciate it as always. Love having you on the show. Uh, we'll catch you next week. And uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, it's weird. No giant game, no giants, and no cowboys. A lot of guys on, a lot of teams on by, but we'll have some fun watching it. Looking forward to it. And we'll catch you on the flip side, bud. Best of luck this weekend. There you go. All right. More to come live here from beautiful Dallas, Texas, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.